So it's ready to go. Hey everybody, it's Gary Vaynerchuk, and this is episode 319? 319 of the Ask Gary V show. And I'm super excited. We're on a we're on a, an athletic kick here on the Ask Gary V show. Uh, great show yesterday, and, and today I have the great pleasure of introducing two incredible women who uh, I've been able to follow because uh, obviously they've done some work uh, through a client. Uh, here at VaynerMedia, so I've been able to watch from afar and watch some of the content, and I'm really excited to introduce them, and I'm really excited they're here, and they took a train this morning, which there's only one train track in North Dakota, and we'll go into all that, but why don't you introduce yourselves to uh, the Vayner Nation. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. I'm Jocelyn. You, I was gonna say, can you tell us apart, but <laughs> I can. I I'm Jocelyn. And I'm Monique Lamru. We're Lamru twins and we play hockey for the US women's team, but we're currently on maternity leave, so we're going to camp in a few weeks trying to get back on the national team, so. And so, like, right to the origin story, how do, uh, how do these twins from, and where were, you were born in? North Dakota, yep. yep. How do these twins <laughs> from North Dakota get to a place where they get to represent our country at the highest levels in their sport? Well, we grew up, uh, our, so our dad played uh, Division One hockey at the University of North Dakota. Uh, we have four older brothers that all played hockey, and then we just kind of followed them around when we were younger. And You were the youngest. Yes, yeah, we were so the youngest. So we're 30, and then, well, there's one more birthday this summer. Right now it's 30, 31, 32, 33, 34. Our Your parents were busy. Yes, they're yes. crazy. Yes, Irrespons- clearly. Irresponsible. Yes. Uh, yeah. So we would just follow them around. Uh, playing whatever sports they were playing, but hockey is the big thing. We have long winters there, and of so course. we literally play outside on the frozen pond um, by our parents' house. And we grew up uh, being able to compete at a high level, went to a boarding school in Minneapolis, right outside Minneapolis. Uh, to and at the earliest play. levels, you were you were playing, obviously, mixed with boys and things of that nature? Uh, with all boys. We actually didn't have a girls' team to play on. Until, Makes sense. Yeah, there just weren't enough girls it. playing. So we played with boys uh, until? Up until high school. Yep. Yep, and then we went to a boarding Give, school. I need one or two great stories on this because obviously uh. boys are idiots and probably yep, yep. And probably <laughs> grossly underestimated you, so I'm sure there's yeah. gotta be, like I need one like classic story that you guys well, love to our, tell. Our dad always told, so we played three years of checking and so our when we started checking, we were probably like middle of the pack size-wise before all the boys started hitting puberty and our dad sure. always told us in practice or in a game, he would say, find the the biggest kid on the other team and you put them on their ass like that Love. that's what he would tell us so and you listened blindly yep oh yep. yeah yep. oh yeah we listened <laughs> and then i specifically remember it was our peewee year and i was i played defense and so i had knocked a kid over pretty good and our coach came back and he goes hey don't hit him so hard next time and then he like wa- he like started walking away and he goes he goes, don't listen to me. He goes, you do, you keep doing that. I Interesting. You remember, it was Brandon Lunick. Interesting. That and yeah, and I mean, as as they get older and start to realize, like, okay, it's not cool to have girls on your team. Or yeah, the dynamic changed a little bit. The dynamic, uh, yeah, it changed quite a bit. And so some of the things, guys, I mean, <laughs> ob- very not appropriate for yeah, especially in today's environment. Yeah, yeah. very not you know. appropriate. But I, some of the things they would say, like, oh, the girls are the best players on your team. Well, our team's beating yours, so I, mean, I see. Yeah. So got it. There was the, from the opposing team. Yeah. They would kind of like talk about that. Yeah. So I mean, you're saying that yet? I mean, just not the smartest. And how did you guys yeah. think about it? You know, obviously thinking about your age at that point. Where were we, educate me here a little bit, where were we with Olympic female hockey? So the first Olympics for women's hockey was 98. Um, 98. So that was. So how old were we? We were like eight. We were in first grade. Were you like fucking pumped? Yeah. Did that hit your radar? Were you like, wait a minute. Yeah, 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 right. A bunch of sports growing up, and our mom was a huge Olympics fan. So she, whenever the Olympics <laughs> were on, we were watching not just hockey. We were just watching. Was your mom Olympics. one of those people that loved the backstory and like, yep. like yeah, like, like, like Costas yep. would get her so into like the farm girl, and like now her whole life predicated on eight eighteen p.m. to watch the rings to make oh, yeah. sure that little farm girl won. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. We classic huge, Olympic marketing. Yeah, our mom <laughs> loved like just loves it all. So we. We just whatever sport we were playing at the time, because we played a ton of sports growing up. It was we're gonna go. What was your favorite sport growing up? Actually, on that note, like what you uh, liked the most, not necessarily what you were best at. Uh, aside from hockey, I would say soccer and. Yeah. But hockey gym. was number one. 
Yeah, it, it was such a religion it, in your family. Was that what it was? Win, if it wasn't the winter time, though, we love like soccer. But I mean, um, pure joy, like out of like like you actually in your like you know call it six to twelve years old. Like if the world said you can only play one thing, not where your opportunities are. Like what yeah. do you enjoy the most? Was it hockey or it was, was it? I would say it was hockey and soccer. Yeah, yeah hockey and soccer. Well, we in North it. Dakota, I don't know how it is in New York, but in North Dakota, you can play. It's definitely very different than North Dakota and New York. I promise you that. Um, I don't know where you're going, but yeah, it's you different. Can play, Let's just go so there. you can play like high school varsity sports as a seventh and eighth grader. Got and it. so we played varsity soccer and ran, ran cross country on varsity as seventh and eighth graders. And so we were as like 12 sure. and 13 year olds, we were playing with juniors and seniors in high school. It's, in soccer it's and cool. we loved it and it was we did really well so it was I would say soccer if it wasn't yeah. hockey for sure and so let's keep going through the progression you go to boarding school yep where'd you guys you guys, you guys went together Z- yes we was there ever yeah, a consideration to not be together so did you guys because, go through that phase because we left home at that age our parents How old? we would have been 15, 15. okay um they only went that early because we were together that made um, them feel comfortable so yeah it was definitely i think a comfort thing for our parents but we sure. went uh to shattuck st mary's which is a pretty prestigious uh hockey top five school. kind of like board like school top, probably like Sidney crosby nathan mckinnon zach parisi you could name like upteen yeah. yep. nhl guys yep um and then like us two and then brianna decker amanda kessel mm-hmm. we were all on the last two olympic teams three yep. for us but They've produced a number of pretty good hockey So players, huge program. So, yes. Yep. Women's team. Yes. And were you guys good? I mean, yeah, I, you, won, I know you guys were good. The, the team. We won, yeah, we won three out of four national championships the four years we were there. That's, I would say that's good. That's yeah. pretty good. So let's yeah. really focus in on the we're one you lost. We're still mad about the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's, I, I actually want to spend, I'm being still dead serious. Yep. I love losing, like it drives the shit out of me, so I'm yep. actually very curious. What year did so these were your four high school years yeah. in theory? So which year did you guys senior, senior year? Fuck you. Yeah, I know. No. It was we out. We you were, were completely convinced you're like, wow, we're gonna win we're, it all. We outshot right? the team forty two to eleven in the, the quarter goalie stood on her head. And yeah, it was probably the best game she's ever played in her Do you hate career. her deeply? I don't know who she is, but yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm still mad about it. So wait, in the quarterfinals? Yeah. Was like the whole place stunned? Yeah, because yeah, I mean, we had, you guys were three time defending. Yeah, we're stunned. still mad about it. <laughs> Is that your most devastating loss? Oh no, Sochi, Sochi. Olymp- gold medal game Olympics still kills you. Still mad about yeah. that one. So background around that, we were up two to nothing with about three minutes left in the game. I remember these highlights. Yeah, it's coming back remember, to you. Yes, it back came back real hard. Yeah, yeah, they came back, tied it up with like a minute left. We go into overtime, losing overtime. So that was. Even though, like, we won. How often will you? How often will you think about that game, like in real life? Like, does it come? Like, do you think about it like once a year, once a day, once a month? I mean, I think. Well, now that we're parents, it's yeah. not as I would say. You're able to think about it less. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Because you're busy. Your parents. Fair enough. Your, it's perspective. Um, but. But. I would say when you think about when we think about our hockey career, there's always well like, that of course yeah like you say you hate losing it's you hate losing but I'm talking more like win. back to parent and life right like you're driving to the supermarket and for some reason you think about like fuck if I just what if I just back checked that like like I just think about like I think yeah. about this shit in pickup basketball that nobody on <laughs> earth remembers so I'm like man real fucking greats that there's like you know. For everybody who's listening that has any context for hockey, that, that's an unusual thing to happen in a hockey match, especially at yeah. that magnitude. You know, yep. and you start thinking about like what's like I don't know, I just think about like do you think about like oh fuck, like you know, like did I hit the post in the second period and it would have been three nothing? Like I don't know the nuances of the game of that specific game, but like mm-hmm. I just wonder, you know, especially the way you framed it up, like when you grow up in a family that is framed up the way you guys just framed it up, I don't think people under you know I, you know, it's funny. I associate with athletes a lot because of entrepreneurship. Yep. Like entrepreneurship was so, like I'm a very unique entrepreneur in the fact that entrepreneurship, you know, you know what's funny? I actually associate with things like women's hockey quite a bit. Let me explain. In the 80s and 90s, entrepreneurship was not a thing. No. This was the thing. It was called school. And you had to go to a good college. <laughs> to, this is my horrible yeah. report card. <laughs> so in the 80s, you know, right now, I'm living a very interesting life where entrepreneurship is cool and everybody wants to be one. 
But like mm-hmm. when I was really doing it and sacrificing, I mean that's a bad report card. You know, like like when I was doing that, I was a purebred entrepreneur. As similar as I could get to somebody who would go away to boarding school to be there for hockey and obviously you have to keep up your grades to be on the team, all yeah. that stuff. But like, you know, but it was underrated. Like people thought I was a loser. Even though I, I was, you know, making all this money selling big sports cards on the weekend, but because I got D's and F's, my friends' parents thought I would never amount to anything. It was that much of the religion. Anyway, just knowing how I grew up, where everything, and it wasn't less about my parents because they were just my dad was just working all the time, but it was more like, for me, it was just like there was nothing. It was just like it was always in the air, mm-hmm. like. Back to that, like I'm imagining pictures in my head of like you guys eating peas and like mm-hmm. trying to score on each other <laughs> with your brothers, at, like with the four, like it's just in the DNA. Yeah, yeah I mean, when you think of elite athletes and people that are at the tip of the spear, whatever they're doing, I, I mean, you think you look at youth sports today and kids, everyone's like, oh, I'm gonna go, they specialize early. They put their kids in all these things, but then when you look at like the tip of the spear of like who's been successful, they're willing to do what no one else is doing. Correct. When they get when they get older, when it's appropriate to be specializing. Correct. And every, everyone thinks they want to do it, but then when you get down to like the day to day of what it takes to get to that, sacrificing to that everything, level, social people life. aren't actually like, willing or wanting to do that. I couldn't when agree you get more. Down, when you look at, I mean, even when you get to the. Top of the top, there's still people not willing to do that. Yeah, I mean, at the it's, top of the top, mm-hmm. I'm sure, I mean, again, you guys have better framework than I do, but like, I'm so passionate about it, and I look at it very carefully. We also, my brother and I also have an NFL sports representation business where we have 25 guys. You know, I'm sure you've saw this, and I don't know how you guys equate for yourselves how hard you worked or what sacrifices you made, mm-hmm. but at the top of the top, when you see that passiveness, you have to marvel at the extreme talent. Right, like, yep. like I'm, I'm right, mm-hmm. like you know, I'm sure you've seen people who've just not put in the work that have made the Olympic team or your competitors, mm-hmm. and you're like, fuck, she is just so fucking talented. Yep. Now, they, a lot of those players tend to leave so much on the table, and they yep. could have been a top ten player all time versus a, a, a non all star. Yep. that's where the variable comes in. Or they end up being like a one time Olympian versus Correct. a two or Correct. three time Olympian. Cor- yeah. Correct. Yeah. But I think probably from your perspective, you still marvel at the sheer talent to even get to the top of the top. Yeah, you I know, mean, without... we, were, we were in New York, was it two years ago? For the It was the year out event for Pyeongchang and we went to, was it the next It was our first NBA game. It was actually <laughs> the game that Charles Oakley Got dragged out of Madison Square Garden. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. we were we were you know <laughs> a couple <laughs> couple seats off the couple rows off the floor, and I mean we were we enjoy sports, but not huge NBA fans. Understood. But the ama- speed, the speed, the speed, and you just don't appreciate it no. on TV. But when you're on the you're like on the floor, like thirty feet away from that. It's actually my favorite thing about hockey. Uh, when when I've taken people from other countries to a game, or when I was a kid, just. The amount of times that I've serendipitously through business been at a hockey game where somebody rarely watches hockey has also skated for for <laughs> like at the rink for Christmas yeah. and like within the first five seconds just completely gets flabbergasted at the skill level of the skating mm-hmm. needed. It's similar to the speed it takes for somebody to actually be in the NBA. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean it's... It was, it's impressive, and those they're, they're so big. Yeah. So and the the little space that they have to work in with, it's it was, we were impressed. <laughs> what are you guys about now? Like, what is what is your passion right now? You know, obviously we have, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in two years this video will be watched hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of times. What are you guys passionate about? What are you trying to put into the world? So we just actually <clears throat> launched our foundation last night. Uh, so okay, we had a good timing. Yeah, so that was, was a layup question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> teed, teed it up, nice. Um, yeah, it's at, we're really excited. So we just launched. What's it called? What Monique it's about? And Jocelyn Lamru Foundation, and we've been very fortunate to travel the country with Comcast yep. as ambassadors for their corporate values initiatives. Yes. And so we're using our platform as Olympic athletes to give back. And that's been amazing to do on a national level and to travel. But now we basically ask ourselves, what can we, what can we do on a day to day? Like what, what are we really doing um, in our own community? And so we felt like launching a foundation was the way to do that. Um, So we're 
going to give back. We're, our first uh, initiative is we're going to announce soon, but probably will be with the school lunch program. Um, yeah. And our yeah. kind of our credo is cheer for the one behind. So our mom, when we were younger, all the different sports we do, if it was ever something that we were competing against each other, swimming or cross country or whatever it was, it was, I'm going to cheer for the one that's behind because she didn't want to have to like pick one over the other. And so... <laughs> First of all, I'm already all about your mom because I'm yeah, also yeah. by default more underdog nature. Yeah. Like I've watched a lot, I've actually was, it's funny you guys went there, I was about to ask you a question about this and I, it's been funny, I noticed, this is the same reason everybody in New York is wearing Steph Curry jerseys because people are bandwagon fans because they yeah, don't yeah. have their own <laughs> self-esteem and I've watched a lot of parents actually cheer for the kid that's better and I've always been fascinated by that because I I love this cheer for the one behind. Like that would yep. absolutely be the way for me. Uh, so I'm a huge fan of your mom. Just She's so great. Know. She makes a good latte too. Yeah. Really? Does. Linda's lattes. Yeah. yeah. Is that like a thing or you guys? That's oh like, no, we just oh, yeah, Indian she, knows. Oh, oh India. India, yeah. India. You know about Linda's lattes? Yeah, really Indo, yeah. India. <laughs> why don't we open one in Portland? Great. Me, you, <laughs> and and the mom and team Linda. up. Yep. Three headed monster. <laughs> I'm telling you, I know how to, mar I, I can help. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, so we, that's kind of something that, it, for us, it kind of transcended sports and yes. just into other parts of our lives. I remember in, like, at the time, I didn't, like, think anything of it, but in sixth grade, there was a kid that sat next to me. We sat alphabetical order. He had Down syndrome. His name was Justin, and he would sit by himself at lunch, and I was like, hey, Justin, like, why don't you come sit with us? Like, so it was at a table of girls, at table yeah. of 10 yeah. girls, he'd come and sit with us, and Love he like, kind of became like the cool kid. So that was in sixth grade, by eighth grade, he would just like migrate from table to table. Love you. And then, like, unbeknownst to us, he, I think his mom, I think his mom or grandma like sent a letter grandma. to the school, and then they sent it to our parents. Our par like, I didn't tell my parents about it, it was just- Yeah, it's life. Just, yeah. Being, just doing, being nice. and. So then actually we were doing an event like a couple months ago and his grandma can't come no, to the event no. and then we're doing like a quick meet and greet afterwards and she was like, I'm, like, I'm Justin's grandma. I'm like, oh my God, it's Justin's grandma. So it was just like little things like that where we're just trying to be nice and just kind, be a good person. And Kindness yeah. is so underrated. Yes. I, I can't, I push it so heavily. I'm fascinated by people not understanding how life actually works. Well, it just doesn't make sense. Like what? It makes no practical sense. Why go through sense. life like that and be a Well, why? Because dink. unlike the three of us, we were fortunate enough to have a situation where we weren't hurting inside and it yeah. wasn't manifesting. Yeah. Like when I watch people not be kind, I deploy empathy and sadness for that mm -hmm. person because I'm like, what's really going on back home is super not interesting. Mm -hmm. That's the manifestation of a bad environment or bad parenting or a, a terrible circumstance, mm -hmm. you know? And so, yeah. nonetheless, what is the biggest fight you two ever got into? Go. Against each other? Against each oh, other. Against each other. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll share this. I, I had braces. And, and I you didn't? Also, no. Amazing. I probably should have, though. I, I also had to wear headgear when I was at home. I didn't have to wear it in public, at least. And I don't, I don't know why'd you have to wear, oh, the headgear for the braces? Yeah. Understood. Like, it, we would like make some old 1980s shit. Yeah. All my brothers would make We'd just call you this? Yeah. Love. <laughs> Um, you guys were so unstoppable. I always think yeah. about the reason I'm unstoppable emotionally is all the bad stuff happened so early. Like, you know, didn't speak English, I was an immigrant, got picked yep. on. Terrible in school, everybody thinks I'm a loser. Wasn't athletically inclined enough that very quickly my hand-eye coordination skills went away by third grade and I'm losing. And so it's like loss, 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 that by the time I became a grown-up, I'm like, fuck all of you. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and, and just thinking about having the luxury of having four alpha, athletic brothers be older than you, I'm like, wow, these ladies oh, they, were they fundamentally unstoppable. They would us. Like, everything was They're, a competition. Like, getting to the front seat of the car was a competition. So, yeah. like, the key, though, was to not be first because you were just going to get blown up and out of the way yeah. by uh -huh. someone checking it away. Or we, if we ever wanted to tag along and play with them, it was, well, if you can't keep up, then you can't play with us. So Smart. that was, yeah. like, what we, that was just our normal growing yeah. up. Which brother and, are you closest to? Which one? I would... I would say it's different for different reasons. Of course. Depending on, two of them still play overseas. Um, That's awesome, and, where? Uh, one, one's going to Germany now, uh, and the other, our oldest, Phil, is, uh, he, or he's in Austria, and the youngest one is going to Germany now. Understood. Was in Austria, so. 
of the four it's, of them, who thinks, what's the debate of like who's the, of the six kids, what is the macro debate? Nate, net, net, don't give me the politically correct, like, oh, she's the best at skating, and he was the best at puck skating. Like, who is considered of the six in the family dynamics, mm-hmm. like your own little text chain or dinner table, like, it inevitably, there has to be a debate of like, net, net, like rankings. Well, is, Phil was a goalie, so he doesn't he, count. He get, doesn't so count, he's like you're right. Out, and then How does he feel just, about that? He was, I don't know. Why was he a goalie? Like, is Our it, dad, what, dad was a goalie. Yeah. And was he the oldest? Yes. Makes all so the sense. So if you like got life. in, yeah. if we, we would play street hockey, so like our games would inevitably end. So like either Phil would break all the goalie sticks because he'd like break them over the net. Because he was a spaz. Because he was a spaz. Right. Even though he's super yeah. low key and like laid back, total spaz. See, I, I associate with that. I'm pretty, yeah. in the scheme of, don't confuse my energy with like me being pretty <laughs> chill in the way I do things in real life, but in sports, I'm completely unhinged. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's like to the point where right now I actually don't want to do sports anymore really because where I've evolved into is actually genuine, this is so dark, I genuinely want to injure people. Like think about that, that is like, like think about like how uncomfortable that was to come out of my mouth, like that is so remarkably inappropriate and like, yeah. and my yeah. genuine <laughs> truth. Yeah. Well so then our brother Jacques, Jacques would always like, Kind of cross the line a little bit with like slashing someone, so he like, like he would have hurt somebody. He would have hurt someone. See, I like this family. And then Pierre Paul, <laughs> like was I might good be the seventh like, child. <laughs> Pierre Paul was good to like throw an elbow at someone and like yeah. get mad. And then Mario would just, I don't know what Mario would do. Who'd you guys him. root for? The North Stars? Not really. Well, they were gone. Oh yeah, because they were in Texas so and young. then Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Dallas, and the Dallas yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, we're just fans. I really, mean, you guys didn't it. have a family team? Yeah, no, like yeah, diehard. Really, no, nobody. No. No. Not dad down. Nobody had a team. Well, Phil, I guess Phil liked the Leafs, but we just. But we back never... to our dad. He would like when we were playing checking. He, if someone like got the best of us or like knocked us over, he goes, "You don't get back. You get even." So like, get better. Yeah, you, you get like, them back better. Yeah, or just like if you're gonna take if you're gonna take a penalty, he goes make it worth it type of thing. So, growing up that, make that those way, two it, it, like in college yeah. when we like in high school, college, and a little bit on the national team like that, we would get ourselves in a little bit of trouble sometimes because we were just like I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat I'm the gonna fuck out her. of somebody. Yeah, I'm gonna show yeah. you. I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, type of thing. And then my dad's like, "Why did you do that?" I'm like. Well, and then you think that it was like for so many years your dad was telling you all these things. But who's the who's the best player? that you played against just for your own person you know just your own personal each of you I'm just curious like what gal like were, mm-hmm. and it could be at any level like when you got to boarding school or in an Olympic game or like a singular game like obviously that one goalie that stood on her head yeah but like like but in a net net I'm just actually just genuinely I fascinated think, um on team Canada Megan Augusta I think year in and year out has been one of their best players and kind of has been a little under the radar in okay. my opinion or under I would say underappreciated a little bit and yeah. I because you see the subtle thing she does Do you yeah feel like- well she's just consistently on the score sheet. on the score sheet all the time and so, so i think one of one of our coaches last year had asked like okay what who are we who are we watching for on their team and i was like number two like thinking like how do you not understand like that, right? their captain Poulin, she scored two goals in vancouver we lost two nothing she scored two goals when we were in sochi when we lost three two so like of course everyone's paying, paying attention, attention to her, her. yeah but, but i'm but oh i'm like God, uh, two, two, augusta she's good. pretty good yeah <laughs> she's doing pretty good <laughs> which team which team globally is emerging from finland Ireland. finland yep yeah, so that's this like last year at the world championships every world championships has been a u.s canada final mm-hmm. except this year it was a u.s finland final which went to a shootout so finland's quickly Emerging. they've been pretty good and then the last like year and a half or so they've really stepped up and it, like everyone just assumes it's a u.s canada final and, and where are we on the landscape of a professional women's league globally we're working on it right now, so I don't know how familiar you are with what's what's transpired. I'm but not, but but uh, Budweiser yeah, is our client at VaynerMedia, mm-hmm. and we had a very interesting campaign that we yep. just launched. Yep. Post, you might have saw. Interesting so, is a subtle way to put it. I mean, we think it's amazing. Thank yeah, you. So, so we're yeah. really excited about it. We 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 recognized 
what I'm sure, you, you know, very extreme in soccer, yep. and definitely mm-hmm. to a, a lesser degree, but clearly in culture, from my yep. standpoint, happens to the Olympic hockey, women's yep. hockey team, which is, and then the next, yay, or like devastation, and then the next day, we'll see you in four years. Yep. And just yep. when, we were, when, we, when we had the hypothesis, when I saw the team working on it, and they came up with a great idea to support it post the World Cup, I, start, I did my own Googling, because I mean, this is, I'm pretty in tune, with like a lot of things, let alone sports, and did not know that our prof- like the that even the league existed, right? That's just mm-hmm. the honest, that's full transparency. Yep. And then when I looked into it, looking at those attendance numbers, yep. and then just thinking about the star, you know, I look, these wrestling figures are here for a reason. I actually believe that any sport can capture America's attention if you know how to build superstars. Yep. So like 19, you know, a lot of what's been interesting about watching you with Comcast, that's how I think, right? Mm-hmm. Tony Hawk, right? Kelly Slater. Uh, the, you know, the 1982 NBA Finals was on tape delay in America. The 1982 NBA, the 1982 NBA Finals was not live in America because there was that little interest in the NBA. And then David Stern, Mm-hmm. With uh, obviously you need Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan to be who they are, but guess what? You know, the Iceman George Gervin and Connie Hawkins and Dr. J were pretty, rem- and Pistol Pete yeah, were yeah. pretty <laughs> remarkable. Yeah. They weren't in a framework that understood how to build, it's what's happening yeah. to baseball. Baseball, I mean, baseball is, America is becoming more Hispanic Latam every day. Yep. The greatest athletes in American sport that are Hispanic are in Major League Baseball. Yep. And yet, they don't know how to use Vladimir Guerrero or Fernando Tatis Jr. or Javier Baez. So I'm always fascinated. I genuinely believe America like, is, is, a, is a fame star culture. And when you have Mike Tyson and America cares, <laughs> boxing's huge. And when you don't, they don't. Right. And so I, you know, I genuinely believe that, um, that women's athletics across the board are really fascinating at the professional level because I think of it as star power for the WNBA, this women's soccer league, whatever you're about to tell me about the hockey league. Mm-hmm. Like that to me is like, how do we do what Vince McMahon does? Which is he makes us care about Hulk Hogan and Randy the Macho Man Savage yep. and Andre the Giant and they're not even actually, that's a, that's a soap opera. Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid. Right, that's a soap opera. And, when you ha- and, and it's a framework. And so when you have Hulk Hogan and Macho Man and Andre, you have an era. And then you go cold for a while. And then when you're lucky enough to get the charisma of Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock, you have that era, right? The Undertaker. That to me is fascinating about sports in America. Well, if you yeah. think of like hockey, not just women's hockey, but I think hockey's kind of the last professional sport where it's, it, everyone, it's, it's a team, don't bring any attention to yourself, don't have like any personality. And I feel like hockey's kind of like the last sport that's finally kind of being accepting of that because for so I mean you look at PK Subban and the amount of negative attention people like he gets for well he's off on his own he's doing his own well like people are allowed to have personality the NHL was one of VaynerMedia's first clients in 2009 and I remember Brandon Shanahan had me come and speak to all the kids that were about to get drafted and I was spitting all this thoughts about what social media can do and all the stuff that is now accepted mm-hmm. and to your point, and it's the same thing in baseball. Yep. And it's the same thing for rookies in any sport. Yep. Right? There's mm-hmm. all, you know, us normal people don't understand the judgment pressures inside of a locker room oh, that go yeah. do anything that isn't on team. And uh, the NBA is the one place where that is embraced, and that is the biggest reason it has exploded in the direction it has, because there is individualism that it's accepted while being able to, in parallel, and hold perform. team, 100%. Yep. On top of having individualism and not it being judged, but then being able to promote it within the team. like And, hey, letting, have- and letting merit play out, right? Like, individualism yeah. in basketball is really fascinating. Tim Duncan just announced yesterday that he's gonna be an assistant coach. The level of superstar to go to assistant coach, not head coach, hasn't been done at the level of Tim Duncan, but that's his DNA. He was mm-hmm. always a quiet superstar, yep. Yep. right? Like. 
and yeah, I mean, anyway, nonetheless, please tell me about it because I'm actually very fascinated. What so, is the current state? So there used to be two leagues in North America. So there's a Canadian league and a, an American league. And what uh, were they called? What were they called? CWHL, the Canadian Women's Hockey League. CWHL. And so that, they folded Understood. in the March, spring. in yep. the spring. So they just folded. And then the NWHL, the uh, National Women's Hockey League, still okay. exists. There's a team in Minnesota. And then it's uh, three teams on the East Coast, Buffalo, New York and Connecticut. Boston, Connecticut. Boston. So four, four yeah. teams. Wait, um, Boston, Connecticut. New York. There is a New York team. And Buffalo. Yeah. So it's four teams on the East Coast. Yeah. And so. So there's five teams in the league? There's five yep. teams. And so that league, we feel, as some of the top players in the world, uh, we feel like that's it's not a sustainable league. You have to have proof of insurance, other insurance to be able to play. Jesus. And it's Were you guys placed, in that league? No. no. We, we've never. opted to not play in that league. Understood. Yeah. When did yeah. that league start? Four, four years ago. Four or five years ago. I see. So it started at a time where you were in a different place in your career as well. Yes. Yeah. And we, I mean, it's just not, we're both married. I'm not, we're not moving to a different city to go play. I guess, I guess to that, to, right. Ten, that was to my point. I mean, it would have yeah. been an interesting conversation potentially at 22. Yeah, it would have been right interesting college, how you yeah. would have debated it, its values and its merits, but understood. But any so right now, currently anyone's making it's between like four and twelve thousand dollars for the season. season. I understand. So and the attendance numbers must be really uncomfortably low. Yes, I don't know them off the top of my head. Minnesota has decent numbers, but then decent as in less than two thousand. Yes, around that would make sense to me. Knowing enough about minor league hockey and things of that nature. Yeah. Okay. So we have opted. uh, There's we've created a players association. It's an official players association. It's incorporated all that and the top. 100, 100, it's 170 players are in the association, but it's like the top players in the world are a part of it. And you're looking to go backwards. To we're, we're sitting, you're going to go backwards and find the right humans to start a league with as partnership. Yes. yes. Yep. So yep. we're opting a sustainable. We I'm, such a, I'm such an entrepreneur. I'm like, I'm <laughs> going to start. A, like, literally, I'm right now. I'm like, how do I start a women's hockey league yeah. with this player? <laughs> I'm like so one dimensional. Everything's yes. Uh, okay. Um, so that's what that's we're doing. Cool. So we're currently, the, the mission of the PA is to create playing opportunities next season uh, while players sit out of the current professional situation in North America. So that's, in short, what's going on. Good for you. That's really neat. Mm-hmm. I may want to talk to you about that off podcast. All right. I mean it. I think it's awesome. super interesting. Uh, as we're wrapping up, I want to give you a few minutes to talk about things that you wanted to talk about in here versus me nerding out on the nuances of your guys' professional hockey career. Uh, well, I think, well, as Monique Let's get touched one on. Let's into, I apologize. Go ahead. Uh, as Monique touched on, we've done the cheer for the one behind. That's like that's our yes. that's our mission. That's, that's what we're all about. And challenging people to do that, whether that's in a small capacity on, you know, a day-to-day thing or it's on a larger capacity, like we've created a foundation to yeah. try and truly make a tangible difference, something that we can see, but it's also um, being able to raise awareness around issues and not being afraid to, to speak about things. Uh, Will you guys be picking those issues? Well, sorry, what, are, you, are you guys? Foundation? Yeah, like we yeah, say, so you know, we've oh, kept yeah. it vague where we basically can, we want to p- be able to pick and choose what we want to get back get passionate to. About, right. So like one of the things we've I been see. talking about is like the free in, or the school launch program. So yep. if, we're looking at how we're going to might be able to fund that uh, in our in our hometown because there's some of the schools are like it's like over 80% qualify for free and free and reduced yep. school lunch and so if we can give back to those programs so at a fundamental level like kids are expected to go to school and learn if you're hungry it's pretty hard to learn yes it is so i know how yep. i am when i get hangry so i imagine <laughs> yeah. kids are yes, having a tough time I totally learning understand. so just at a fundamental level, if we can get kids just starting at the same point as everybody else at, a, at an education standpoint, and um, I think that's something we, we're we pretty can get passionate the call ready. about. Yeah. Uh, I want to do a quick speed round when we get this first call in, and first and last. Uh, what are you binge watching? Oh, you know what? Uh, I, with Stranger the, Things, I did that one. I'm still, with a six-month-old, I don't binge watch anything. Zero. Um, I get it. But I'm like two episodes in the Stranger Things. Nice, but solid. Two is better than zero. Chernobyl yeah. was a good one. Oh my God, everybody's hitting me up about yep. that. And since I got lucky enough and left that area right before it happened, I'm <laughs> oh, emotionally yeah, yeah. very lucky. Uh, one more second, I apologize. What about your favorite social media platform? Oof. I like Instagram. 
I think di- different ones for different reasons. So I feel like Facebook is more like friend friends yep. that you actually Understood. know. Instagram more visual day to day, and then yep. Twitter mm-hmm. if you want to catch up on the news or like yeah, some education. Or you play with all three. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, yeah, we lost it. So I'll get one more binge question while you type. Uh, who was your favorite athlete growing up? No, poli- no politically correct answers this yeah. time. Yeah, Joyner Kersey was definitely one. Our mom oh, gave yes. us her book, we, so she would have been. She would have been. We, we were too young to remember her competing, I remember. but we actually awesome. got to meet her yeah. at one of gangster. our Comcast events. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. We got to so meet her last year, and we were just like, you couldn't wait to take. God. You couldn't wait yeah. to take that picture and send to your mom. Yes. 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 Yeah. We actually, we brought her on right. the trip with us. So Jackie Joyner Kersey for you. I was gonna say uh, I love gymnastics in okay. the Olympics, oh, yeah. so like the it was the Magnificent Seven. And yeah, the, I mean that we still nerd out over the Olympics. Like love it. <laughs> this is Helen. Who? Helen. Helen. Oh, Helen. She must be Helen. Jackie Joyner Kersey, so good, such an athlete. Hello. Oh. Yeah. Helen. No. You're on the Ask Gary B Show. How are you? And she hung up. Right. Helen was, <laughs> let's call her, no, I want to call, hold on, this is a moment, Did call her right no? back. She's, uh, go ahead. Did she I, say no? I think she was stunned. Oh, oh, you think she said no and we dialed the number wrong or it's, got it, let's try it again. This is really good. Is it, a, is it a 701 number? No, <laughs> no, it's a 614. This is exciting now. Come on, Helen. Gonna put us in voicemail. Hello, Helen. No, this is not Helen. Oh, I'm sorry. I will not call you again. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Andy. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one. <laughs> you clearly mistyped that. Not Helen. It's tough for your first call ever. <laughs> you wore this amazing banana shirt today. You're like got this big at bat. Who's this? Ryan? Okay, it's Ryan. Holy crap, are you serious? We are not joking, Ryan. Say hello, please. What's up, Ryan? Hi, Ryan. Hey, it's Ryan Snyder. How's it going? Doing really well. What can we answer for you, brother? Hey, so I have twin girls, three-year-old girls. All right. It's a good start. And And I um, am trying my best to instill confidence in them. Um, at an early age, allowing them to be as individuals, but also at the same time um, building the your, the uniqueness as twins as well. And so my question is also Great to question. you guys, and also to Gary too. You 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 have a daughter, and um, my question is is how do I build that confidence in them as individuals, but also at the same time um, allow their uniqueness to flow as twins as well. Great question. Well, I'll take the confidence piece of it, and I don't think as a th- as three year olds, I, I think you do what you can as the best you can as a parent to to teach them right from wrong, and you let them struggle within a certain capacity so they learn to be independent, learn how to do things on their own. But problem solve, pro- yeah, problem solve. But mm. confidence as you get old, it's not something someone can give you, and it's not something someone can take away from you. And I think that that's how you build security and confidence and. Um, you know, it's, it's not something that should change day to day. Obviously your confidence can go up and down, uh, with different things going on in life. But I think, I I mean, that's, that's a tough thing that adults struggle with every day. But, uh, I, I think of when we were younger, our dad always like, we would call it the face in the mirror speech. So whether, whatever it was that we were doing or whether it was a game, school, whatever activity we were in, it was always, if you can, if you can look yourself in the, in the mirror and say you did the best you can, or you put your best foot forward and you worked your hardest, then even though the outcome might not be what you wanted it to be, you can be satisfied with your effort and you can't be disappointed in yourself. And I think by having that mindset, I think that helps create confidence. Um, as far as the twin question goes, our parents always put everything in us together and we just always did everything together. And our mom always said two is better than one. Uh, so we were always unique right. in that aspect that we had the same group of friends. We had all this, did all the same sports and whatnot. And some twins don't get along like that or spend a lot of time together. 
So I think I think just letting yeah I think just letting that develop over time because they might end up having all the same interests they might not and that just as they get older and how their personalities develop I think that you'll kind of find your way with that. Awesome. I think thank you very much. I think yeah yeah just to add my two cents because I'm super passionate about obviously I really can't speak with any authority on the twin level, Uh, (laughs) but 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 there are two things that stand out to me. Number one, I do think reverse engineering individuals at scale is something I'm very passionate about, having all these different employees and there's so many different dynamics. And I think it is a fine line between the two is better than one, which I think the optimism that that breeds I think is incredible and I think is, oh, I'm, it's always better to lean into optimism versus pessimism and cynicism. But where I'm about to go with the rest of that sentence is actually the answer to confidence. I think the number one vulnerability in society is delusion. I think that Mm. parents are creating a remarkable level of delusion over the last 20 years because parents have become so micromanaging of their kids' feelings and actually know their day-to-days too much which and are trying to protect them from the world which unfortunately is fundamentally impossible and I believe that we have one to two full generations right now that are closer to zoo animals than they are humans and so as I was listening to the stories as we were talking here, I think one of the great things uh, that is true about the three of us upbringing was we were in frameworks because of circumstances where losing wasn't demonized or protected against. It was the merit of the outcome which got us comfortable with the idea of, which meant by the time we were actually 22, we actually knew that that was part of the variable and it is remarkably stunning to me to watch the enormity of 22 year olds that go into the world who demonize and fear losing or setbacks because they've been in an overcoddled fake framework environment where grades have been the only mm. variable or seventh place trophies feel close to a first place trophy or 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 mommy and daddy pay for Uber or the apartment and we are just in a very entitled ecosystem. I think the biggest thing right. you can do for those three-year-olds to create self-esteem and confidence is to make them be in an environment where losing is reality and almost even put on a pedestal without it being something that they dwell on post the outcome. You have to learn how to fail and learn how to lose and learn In a real way, not in a fake way. Like the amount of parents that I'm watching, like Gary, I'm, you know, they hear me talking about this, and they'll give me the full 15 sentence, you know, email, and it's like I let my kids lose, and it's some convoluted fake loss. Yeah. It's like they lost. <laughs> yeah, it's like they lost in color wars this summer. I'm like, bro, that's like, I'm like, cool, but like, let's like, re- like, really get in, you know, underneath this. And this gets into athletics is fascinating. The amount of parents that are so delusional thinking their kids going to the um, league. Yeah, I mean, this is why you're reacting like this as an actual <laughs> professional athlete. Like, yeah. like, not, like, breaking news. Everybody listening and watching right now, your kid's not going to the league. <laughs> whatever, whatever league that is. Whatever league that is. Because the math is uncomfortably against you. And so ra- the amount of parents that are wrapping their self-esteem into their kids' outcomes in school and in sports. This is one huge game of mass insecurity at the parent level. You want those two girls to be happy? Never let your mom, siblings, teachers, or best friends' points of view on your children ever penetrate your mind. That's awesome, yeah, and that's, that's one thing that I really tried my hardest that even with them, you know, just the basics of falling, I've. I instantly say to them, hey, that was a fantastic fall. Like, you know, you fell. Yeah, you got a scrape. You got a boo-boo. You know, that sucks. But let's, you know, let's continue forward and let's let's continue and, and you, on. And you need to find the balance between probably what these two amazing gals grew up with, which was there was no fantastic fall words out of their dad's mouth. There was get the fuck up out yeah, of their yeah, mouth. Right. Just get ignored. Yeah, so I, I, I yeah. do think this is where, and by the way, let me just say this as I keep on this rant. <clears throat> Giving parenting advice is the least interesting thing on earth. Everybody, like, like, it's just not interesting. But it's like a fun macro debate, not a micro debate. So yeah. before I go any yeah. further, you do you. However, my point of view in the macro is all of us have to decide 
what a fantastic boo-boo is versus a boo-boos are real. Like, here's a Band-Aid, let's go. And everything in between. Like, I think we're in a culture right now where fantastic boo-boo and like is like very much more common and it's politically incorrect to do what their dad did or what I believe in of like get the fuck up and like I, and, and you gotta know your kid and some kids respond incredibly well to get the fuck up, some don't. You gotta stay in listening mode but this is just real life. This is just real life. Like I think my mom is the greatest mother of all time. I'm the byproduct of it and the one time my mom tried to enter a conversation of how I should parent it was a three second conversation of shut the fuck up mom. And I, and I realized when I did that to somebody who I think is my hero, is the best mom on earth, I was excited because I was like wow, I really believe in the shit that I talk about. I am not gonna let anybody penetrate my mindset. It's very cute that you fly in on the weekends once in a while and have a point of view. You're not here 24, it's the same reason that I even walk tread lightly with my opinions to my wife who's there actually every second versus me flying in on the weekends. It's like the one place I'm like, fuck, this sucks. Like for me to stay and not be a hypocrite, I gotta be thoughtful here. Um, that's what I would say, bro. You, kids and everybody needs to feel safe, but not entitled. And that fucking right. fine line is hard as fuck, but if you keep repeating that sentence, it allows you to have multiple moves. The biggest issue that parents have now is they have one move. I think if you go fantastic boo-boo and get the fuck up and you mix them up, you've got a much better chance than one or the other. And, and, that's, the, and that's the main reason why I like, right? you know, get up and keep going. That's I never said the, that like, before. They I have to too. keep up and get going because I've seen these kids time and time again where they'll sit in one spot and just cry for 10 minutes about this one boo-boo where there's plenty more opportunities to go ahead and keep playing and, and you know, move forward too. I've already convinced my six-year-old who lives for basketball that he will never dunk and that took and that took two months of being okay with him. I mean, he's also his dad's son. Like he cries 24-7. Like I had so many, like all my emotional intelligence now is my greatest strength but from six to 15 I couldn't control feeling everything and so I just fucking cried. Every, I lost, every single thing I lost in from 1982 to 1989 I cried, pool, cried, football, cried, tennis, cried, cried. Cried for kids that got picked on, that's why I love you so much. Cried for kids that got picked on in school. A kid's getting picked on at lunch and I'm over here crying for that person. Like, couldn't control them. So my son's got that thing too. So telling him he's not gonna dunk now is painful as fuck. Most parents don't want micro pain. They don't realize they're creating macro pain. I'm okay. It hurts like hell watching him cry for 20 minutes, full steam of like, fuck, basically, fuck you, daddy. Why can't I dunk? And the answer is genetics, bro. Like, it's just not gonna happen. But, but, he also, and this is crazy for me to say. I can't even believe this happened. He almost actually beat me in pop and shot basketball this weekend because his jump shot is so insane. Because he stopped dunking on his little fucking thing after I finally got through to him, and he's shooting from such range. And I'm like, like, and his euro step and his left hand, and now he will be an unbelievably good pickup basketball player one day, and that's awesome, you know. And so like, and so like to me, that's like. That's something parents need to bring into the framework versus what I see 90% doing, which is the reverse of what I just did, which is you'll dunk one day, son. You're gonna dunk yeah. and then me paying because of my ability, like NBA coaches to teach him when he's in eighth grade on one-on-one and then somewhere around 15, he's like, I'm fucking delusional. Well, if you just use sport, like for us, like sports is like, it's a microcosm of life. You use, 100%. It, use it to yep. teach being a good teammate, take Everything. direction from others, listen to your coaches, mm-hmm. having a good attitude, work, working hard, accountability, all those things. You, you want to talk about one that, like, I know we're so over and I got to run, but like, you know what my favorite one is? And I'm, I'm sure you've done this. You know what my favorite thing that people learn about in sports that nobody ever says out loud? Knowing when not to listen to a coach. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. never heard anybody say that. And when I watch, like, kids, like, or like just watching, I'm like, like I literally watch that way. Like I watch. Yep. Like I've hired people here when they've been interns by the way they've played. Nate is my partner in Empathy Wines because as an intern the way he played volleyball made me know he would be good and it played out. Like I'm being serious. Like like 
knowing when to not listen to the coach is such a subtle but skill. Be respectful. Correct. At the same time. Well, it's funny. Where you pretend like you're listening. No, no, you nailed it. You head. know what? I think yeah. about this. I was the most disruptive force in my classrooms from third grade to senior year. In our senior breakfast, which was a really cool tradition at our high school, somebody got up and said, "Like my favorite thing about high school was hoping I was in Gary Vaynerchuk's class because I knew that he would always waste seven to thirteen minutes per <laughs> class." The fact that the fact that I was able to do that and still be liked by my teachers, like, is now in hindsight so much of what I am, similar to what you just said, which is knowing when not to listen to the coach, but not being an issue. Yep. Exactly, and then you just because players on the field still know. Yep, you know, like, and that confidence, like, so anyway, anyway, nonetheless, thanks for the call, <laughs> ladies. Thank you so much for being on the uh, so what brought that we hung up. <laughs> See ya. Uh, uh, I really appreciate. Uh, this is really fun. This is how we wrap up. You get to ask the question of the day. Any question yeah. you want for the audience, fire away. Um, we were talking, we kind of touched on a little bit earlier, but in women's professional sports, not, doesn't have yep. to be hockey. Yep. What do you think need, is like the tipping point to bring it to the next level? I think you're starting yep. to see in the NWSL yep. right now, yep. but what do you as Love professional that. entrepreneur, yeah. what do you think? Well, they're going to answer it. I think oh, I, yeah, yeah I they're going to answer it. You'll people. get thousands of comments and so you'll see if that. If you're in your mom's basement and you're 40, just don't even bother commenting and saying, whatever you have to say. You mean you're going cliche the other way of like a disrespectful comment? Yeah. Understood. Don't even bother. Yeah, I mean, honestly, (laughs) it's really, thank you for that question. I'll leave it with this PS. It's where I went earlier. I actually think under the radar sports are far more interesting to me. I'm Mm. I'm far more interested in things that aren't top five right now because what they don't, people don't understand that Ninja matters for esports, even though it's Fortnite and not necessarily even Overwatch or League or League of Legends. Like, it's star power. Mm-hmm. That's what's gonna take it to the next level. It's Jackie Joyner Kersey, it's long nails, she... it's Mary Lou Retton, it's these things. It's what the Olympics do. They, they take America and they do a mini documentary. It's what 24-7 yep. was for boxing, yep. right? It got people that had no interest seeing like, wait a minute, Manny Pacquiao's got a cute little kid. I'm rooting for like it, it's storytelling in yeah. contemporary places. The reason I got excited about like, oh, maybe I should get involved in this league is I'm like, okay, and then I'll do a deal with Facebook, and it will only air on Facebook because that's where the new attention is, and that's just like cable, which helped other sports. Like, it's about it's about storytelling and attention. But I'll let them answer. <laughs> Thanks guys for listening. Please, please, please share the podcast and make sure you've subscribed because a bunch of you aren't subscribed and more importantly, a bunch of you listen every day and haven't told your friends it's the best podcast in the world. I'm watching. (laughs) Have a great day.